I love to sit and look through those holy pages And read about the eternal rock of ages See all that God has done, the battles he has won The great prophecies unfold In every book from Genesis to Revelation I see his loving grace and this great salvation Brings courage to my soul, for I know he's in control. I believe every word is true. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious... It's time now for the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. So get your Bible, a pen, and your Bible study notebook as we journey through the truths of God's Word. And now with today's Timeless Truth, here's Pastor Walton. Ecclesiastes chapter number 1. Ecclesiastes chapter number 1. The last time we were here, we were looking at the first 11 verses. We saw the intro, which is in verse 1. The preacher, which was Solomon. The parent, David. The position that Solomon had. He was king. And we saw that he looked at everything through the lens of two things, vanity and vexation. Last time we were looking at the vanity of vanities. All is vanity. And he said it twice. And he went through and he dealt with the purposelessness of life without God under the sun. The profitlessness of labor without God. The passing of life without God. The perpetuity of life without God, and the paradox of life and labor without God. He comes down into chapter 1 in verses 12 through 18, and he deals with this thought of not only is it vanity, and he will continue to say the word vanity, but he will add to it the word vexation and add to it also this uh, phrase, vexation of spirit. Let's read the verses, and then we'll look at Solomon's state of mind and thought process. Verse 12 says, I, the preacher, was king over Israel and Jerusalem, and I gave my heart to seek and search out by wisdom concerning all things that are done under the sun. This sore travail hath God given to the sons of man to be exercised therewith. I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. That which is crooked cannot be made straight, and that which is wanting cannot be numbered. I communed with mine own heart, saying, Lo, I am come to great estate, and have gotten more wisdom than all they that have been before me in Jerusalem. Yea, my heart had great experience of wisdom and knowledge, and I gave my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I perceive that this also is vexation of spirit, for in much wisdom is much grief, and he that increaseth knowledge increaseth sorrow. Wow. Solomon has spent the first 11 verses, and he wasn't done. He was talking about the vanity, and he adds to the vanity the vexation of life. It's not worth it. It's just not worth it to him. And he, he comes to some conclusions in life based on things, and you've you heard it several times, 
under the sun. If you remember, when we were talking last time, we were dealing with the fact that Solomon was not looking at life through the lens of eternity. He was looking at it through the lens of the earthly, the fleshly, the sensual, everything that's level-eyed with him not through the eyes of God. And he said, life's purposes without God are meaningless under the sun. Labor's profitless. The life passes away and it's horrible without God because it's, uh, things continue in the creation, but man does not. The perpetuity of life, the paradox of life. Now he looks at himself and he says, I, the preacher, was king over Israel in Jerusalem. The first thing he hits is that his status, Solomon's status, was vexing. It, it, it was incredibly vexed. The idea of vexed is striving after the wind, an intensely driven activity that is meaningless and fruitless without God. It is a, it just, you just put all that energy into it and it just vexes everything inside of you because there is nothing to show for it at the end of all the energy it's grabbing at the wind but you can never get it it never grasps it never fits it's never attainable it's never there and Solomon says I'm the king I'm the king, and, and he was a great king as far as people's perception of him. He had people coming from all over, and as king, he had resources available to him just at his very bidding. He didn't have to go find them. He didn't have to go invent them. He didn't have to go worry about the money to get them. Everything that was available he could have at his very bidding. You go bring this to me. Go find this. He had power. It's amazing how many people are unhappy that have power. People want all kinds of power today. The power of being the top dog in a business. The power of politics. The power of a kingship or a presidency of some foreign country or some foreign company or some company here he had that power he had pleasure he's going to talk about that in just a little bit that all the the things that he wanted to do he could do he had the pleasure he even talks about some of the things in the book of proverbs that he wanted his son to be aware of he had the pleasures of life, anything that could pleasure, he could have it. And yet he is in a state of vexation. It's striving after the wind, grabbing at that that cannot be grabbed. He had possessions. He had all kinds of possessions. If it was available to him in the day that he lived, he could have it. There are so many people today that they live for the power and the pleasure and the possessions. And they say the one with the most toys wins. Well, is that really true? At the end of life, all the toys stay behind. Where do you go? Well, you can believe what you want to, but the Bible will make itself clear. You will find yourself in eternity in one of two places. Your toys will not come with you. The possessions, and we live in a day and age where Every time we turn around, there are new inventions. There are new things that are touted to make life better, faster, 
easier, slicker, or they're touted to give us all kinds of things like, oh, this is something that you just got to have. It's so much fun and so much pleasure, and there's so many things you can have, and we're being able to see things that we've never seen before. When we go back, I, I grew up in, in dial telephones. You put your finger in the little hole, and you turn the thing around, and the zero was the longest. You would take the zero and go all the way and let it go, and it would rebound back. The one was the shortest. And then we went to push-button phones. And I had one of the first uh, bag cellular phones before they were very, very small. And then the first little small phones that, that were called a StarTac that you could put in your car that simply you, all you could do was talk. There was no text and emails and all of these things. Things have changed. He has power. He has pleasure. He has possessions. He's admired by the world Yet this man, Solomon, with his half-heartedness and his look at life, is absolutely vexed in his spirit and in his soul. And the sad thing is, it continues. He says it in verse number 14, that is vexation of spirit, is striving after the wind. He says it in chapter 2 and verse 11 again, that it's vanity and vexation of spirit. He says it in chapter 2 and verse number 17, vexation of spirit. And verse 26, vexation of spirit. Chapter 4, verse 4, this is also vanity and vexation of spirit. Chapter 4, verse 6, he talks about vexation of spirit. And verse 9, he says, it is incredible the things that he is looking at. And, and it's this striving, this endeavoring, this snatching, this longing of chasing and going and grasping after the wind to find out that it is absolutely a perfect image, a graphic image of impossibility and total futility. His status did nothing for him. The fact that he was the king didn't change life for him. Verse 13, not only was Solomon's status vexing, Solomon's searching was vexing. The Bible says in verse number 13 in chapter number 1, And I gave my heart to seek and search out by wisdom concerning all things that are done under heaven. This sore travail hath God given to the sons of man to be exercised therewith. In this verse, Solomon is searching for wisdom, but he is not searching for the godly wisdom that God gave him that he asked for, the ability to deal with the people wisely and to be a wise leader and a wise king with the wisdom of God, but it's this worldly thinking of of finances and possessions and power and pleasures and things. And he said, I began to search and look and look and search. And I searched everything I could under the sun. And in this case, he said, that are done under heaven. I looked, I gave my heart. I literally, I, I reflected and gave all of my heart on everything that man accomplishes. And I looked by wisdom at all the things that are being 
done under the sun. I looked at what was being built, what was being made, what was being said, what was being heard, what was being touted. And we can look around and see the mammoth buildings and the skyscrapers and, and the jet airplanes and the shuttles that go and, and the moonshots. And we can look at all these things and we can search and see all the things that are made and done under the sun. And he says, this sore travail, the word sore means evil, this travail, this burdensome task, this evil burdensome task that is keeping us so busy under the sun. I mean, God gave us an earth that we could live in and work in, but without him under the sun, he gave it to us, but we are just keeping busy going out. People are so busy and they are so busy going nowhere. They'll, they won't even, they don't even know sometimes that life's passing them by. They're so busy going nowhere, running around in circles like the dog chasing its tail. This sore evil, this travail that keeps us busy is vexing under the sun. It's empty. Behold, all of it, all is vanity, empty, meaningless and vexation of spirit every bit of it then he and he, he said i've seen all the works that are done he saw not only that it was a searching vexing which we were looking at the sore travail but then he says i have seen all the works that are done under the sun we were just touching on that solomon's seeing was vexing everything he looked at made no sense under the sun whatever he saw no matter how magnificent or how magnanimous it was he saw it as vexing. Every single deed didn't make sense. In verse number 15, Solomon's sense was vexing. In verse number 15, it says, That which is crooked cannot be made straight, and that which is wanting or lacking cannot be numbered. Here we see Solomon couldn't fix problems he couldn't fix what was crooked he can't take what's crooked and he couldn't make it straight that is something that that, that frustrated him he's a king after all and he can't fix what's wrong he does not have the ability to to, to straighten out that which is crooked now here's the thing Solomon couldn't fix the problems. He couldn't straighten the crooked. He couldn't supply the lacking, the wanting. He couldn't supply the deficiency of life, but God can. Amen. God can. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. God can supply all the needs. He does not have to worry about anything. He said, if I, God said, if I were hungry or anything, I wouldn't tell you. I own the cattle on a thousand hills and the wealth in every mine. I have everything. I don't need anything because I have it all. I can give it to you. I can dish it out to you. I can give you. I can supply your lack of want. The Bible says the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I will not lack. Why? Because he leadeth me beside the still waters. He gives us a place to drink. He leads us and he makes us to sit down in the green pastures. He gives us wonderful places where we can eat. He said in the psalmist that we have never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. Solomon said, I cannot straighten 
that which is crooked. But God can. The Bible says in Isaiah 42, 16, And I will bring the blind by a way that they knew not. I will lead them in paths that they have not known. I will make darkness light before them and crooked things straight. These things will I do unto them and not forsake them. In Isaiah 45, 2, I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut and sunder the bars of iron. In Luke 3, 5, quoting from Isaiah, Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be brought low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough ways shall be made smooth. Solomon says, I've got situation, I've got problems, i got things I can't fix, i got things I can't handle, i got things I can't do. But you know what the problem was? He didn't see that he was looking at it under the sun. He, he, was, he was totally oblivious to it, and it became vexation of spirit. Solomon's sense was vexing. He couldn't fix the problems. Now, verses 16 and 17, listen to what he does. How many people do these kind of things? He had a conversation, not with God. He had a conversation with himself. Verse 16 and 17 says, I communed with mine own heart, saying, Lo, I am come to great estate, and have gotten more wisdom than all they that have been before me in Jerusalem. Yea, my heart had great experience of wisdom and knowledge, and I gave my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. Oh, he said, there it is. This is where I'm at. I, I decided to have a conversation with myself. And in that conversation, as I talked within my heart, I came up with some things that came up to me. I learned real quick that I had acquired great human wisdom and knowledge. I had learned the things of human wisdom and knowledge. Listen, human wisdom is not something to look at and say, oh, that is a wonderful thing. And, and it says, I gave, I communed with myself. Well, what was he saying? I, I, I just, I, I have a great estate here. I, I, I mean, I'm really somebody. I'm wise. I've got it. I've got me more wisdom than all they that have been before me in Jerusalem. There's none like me. Nobody. Yea, my heart had great experience of wisdom and knowledge. Listen, he, he, his position did not satisfy him, but neither did his knowledge satisfy him. He didn't know enough. He, he should have. He could have, but he didn't know enough. If you're going to have the knowledge that you need, you're going to have to have the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He said in here, I gave my heart to know this wisdom and knowledge. My heart had great experience of wisdom, and it had great experience of knowledge. The idea of knowledge was cunningless, very much uh, discerning and insight and notion. I had a great great, great knowledge. Well, now, the Apostle Paul, I think, makes that kind of life very clear to what his thought process was. And I wonder if Solomon had had that same kind of process, what would have happened. Because Paul said 
if you want to have confidence in the flesh in Philippians chapter 3 verse 4 I more if you want to talk about if you want to brag on the on the flesh I can brag on my flesh but it didn't do anything for me I still got struck down at Damascus and I still was in the wrong but here's what he says hey listen I was circumcised the eighth day verse 5 of Philippians 3 I was of the stock of Israel. What he's saying to the half-breeds are, I'm stock of Israel. I'm a pure-blooded Israelite. Not all of you are. I was of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews. That's touching the law. Pharisee. Man, I was a Pharisee. Concerning zeal, I was persecuting the church. Touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But listen to what he said. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things. Here's Solomon with everything's meaningless. Paul says, everything that I have is refuge. It's piles of garbage. I count all things but loss. I'm willing for all of that to be garbage. Refuge. I don't need it for one thing and one thing only. For the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung, refuge, piles of manure that I might win Christ. He said, I looked at everything I said I could be. That's what Solomon didn't do. He was vexed because he never looked and said, this is not what I want to be. This is not who I want to be. Paul said, I looked at everything under the sun and said, it's nothing but garbage. I want to give it all away. I want to lose it all for the excellency of the knowledge, the highness of the knowledge, the excellency, the overabundance, the excellingness, the excellence of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, the word gnosko, to know him intimately, not just to have a knowledge of facts, but to know him intimately, the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. And verse 9 says, And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, because that won't get me anywhere, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him, our word gnosko again, by intimate knowledge in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. I want to be like Jesus. That's what Paul was saying. He was looking at life through the same kind of lens before he was struck down the road to Damascus, and he changed it. And he said, the lens factor has changed. I've acquired some things that I could brag on, but they didn't do anything for me. And I'm willing to surrender anything that gets in the way of excelling in the knowledge, the intimacy of knowing my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that makes everything worth living. And I'm willing to know him every way to know him and want to know him in the great power of his resurrection. Man, I want that great power. But in the fellowship of his sufferings, knowing that he did that for me, I want to do that. He, Solomon had had that same opportunity but did not he started out well he did not run well though he had great experience of wisdom and knowledge he gave his heart to know the madness the delusion and the folly the foolishness of worldly wisdom he gave his heart over to the wrong kind of wisdom and I hate that thought process but in verse 17 we're, we're looking at this his skill was vexing his his wisdom it says and I gave my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly 
I perceive that this also is vexation of spirit. He said it was grasping the wind. When I was trying to know the kind of wisdom and knowledge of the world, it was madness. It was deluding. It was folly. It was foolishness. All of it was perceived, discerned, and experienced as total vexation of spirit, total grasping of the wind. He said, it all, just like the wind, I couldn't get hold of it. I couldn't grasp it. And it drops us down to one verse left in chapter 1. And it's in verse number 18. For in much wisdom is much grief. And he that increases knowledge increases sorrow. Solomon's sorrow was vexing. This is so hardcore for him. Human wisdom brings much grief. The idea of the word grief there, when it says it's much grief, it, it brings provocation. It brings anger and irritation and uh, grief. It gets to you. It's a, it's a strong word there. And he said, I, it's all grief. And it, it, he that increases in knowledge increases sorrow. He who is going to increase his database, his facts, his factual knowledge, under the sun increases sorrow. The word sorrow means the, the sorrow of suffering, pain, the sorrow of suffering, anguish. Paul was suffering from all kinds of things until he got saved. And then he said, none of these things that I suffer now move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself because life had become precious to him because now he wasn't living life under the sun, but was living life with the S-O-N. And so Solomon comes and he finds himself seeing all of these things. He said, his status, I'm king. It was vexing. His searching for things, it was vexing. It was grasping the wind. His seeing, everything he saw was vexing. And his sense, he couldn't fix problems. His sense of, right, I can't straighten this out. It was vexing. His skill, which is uh, what wisdom is, the skill of using knowledge and understanding correctly, was vexing. And in that, he was sorrowful, and his sorrow was vexing. And he concludes the whole thing. The whole chapter is concluded. And he'll continue to say this. All of life, all of wisdom, all of knowledge, it's vanity. It's empty. It's worthless. It's vexation under the sun, under the God. It's one thing. Without God, it's another. He said, it's all grasping the wind. And I cannot get hold of it. It just flows through my fingers. I cannot attain to it. It's all bad. But thank God we can be like the Apostle Paul. Thank the Lord we can be like the psalmist. And these verses that we've used and say, not for me. As for me, I will live life with the Son, the S-O-N, and not under the S-U-N. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that you would help us to see life under the sun without you is meaningless, hopeless, and grasping at the wind. You can never get hold of it. It never is attainable. It will never, never, never satisfy. But, Lord, we can love you and live for you and enjoy life and find satisfaction for only Jesus can satisfy our souls. Thank you for that. In the precious name of Jesus, amen and amen. 
This is Pastor Walton praying you have an awesome week. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious word, it thrills me through and through. I believe every word is true. Oh, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. Precious word, it thrills me through and through. I believe every word. You have been listening to the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. You can send all correspondence to tttbroadcasts at gmail.com. Tune in again next week for another Timeless Truth.